So EDM.com is our partner in this show. If you're not familiar with EDM.com, it's the world's largest curator of anything electronic dance music. They have dozens of subgenres and uh, different styles of dance music and even hip-hop and pop, all kind of stuff on that site. So go over there and check it out. Uh, this week, we bring you the EDM.com track of the week. It's called Movements. The artist is Fam. And this thing is blowing up. They're at over 7 million plays on SoundCloud. And uh, check it out. I think you'll like it. And let us know what you think. Post a comment on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net. Yeah. That body's a blessing, girl. I ain't trying to pressure her. She messed with the temperature. I wrote the song, but I am the messenger. Through the metropolis. There is no stopping this. Flowers and kisses, yeah. You like chocolate Light up the candles Tune up this channel It's the ride of your life, girl All right, well, thanks for being here. Welcome back to Rebel Radio. Our guest today in our uh, special <laughs> West Side studio. Um, this, is a, this is nice, actually. Yeah, thanks. This is our office. We usually record out of Hollywood, but uh, it's fun to do it by the beach. West Side is the best side. Absolutely, we're two blocks from the beach. Yeah, that's which that's, we never go see. That's the right distance from. I, I from come the every beach. day. I ride up the beach. Oh, you, that's right. That's you how do. I get to work. You're good. You're good at that. It's great. It's the best commute in the world, man. On the bike. On I the believe path. it. Can't yeah. beat it, dude. So our guest today is Tuxedo. Woo! Mayor Hawthorne, Jake One. Yes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to have you guys. Um, I'm excited to hear. You know what's the latest. I know uh, we've known each other and done a bunch of work together over the years. We are, uh, don't know you as well, so we're excited to learn <laughs> what's up with Jake One. But um, thanks for coming. Yeah. Get a beer. Glad we could finally make it happen. Yeah, thanks. Absolutely. So uh, Tuxedo is, is a collaboration between the two of you. Um, it's one of couple side projects for Mayor yeah. Hawthorne. <laughs> he has like one, one five of, other albums coming. One of many. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I like a lot of different like a lot of different styles of music. He's hey. got a polka one dropping. Yeah. Yeah, so talk a Klezmer little bit about record. <laughs> What's that? Going back to my Jewish roots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dropping my Klezmer record. Nice. You gotta do that. <laughs> gotta keep it real. Yeah my my Bubby's gonna love that one. It's <laughs> her favorite. Hey man, you gotta do something yeah. for the for the family, of course. You got to. You got to keep them happy. So talk maybe a little bit about how, how that works, how you switch gears, and um, you know, from a business perspective, why is that a good idea? Um, I, from a business perspective, I don't know if it is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for my sanity, it's, it's just so important. Yeah. You know, I just, I, I listen to every... I mean, I really do probably have some Klezmer records at home. Like, I, I listen to every kind of music in the world, and I love it all so much. And, he really um, does, actually. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, I, Jake is a little more focused when he goes to the record store. He goes to the soul It section. doesn't take me that long. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm done. And, <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I didn't go through <laughs> the Brazilian records yeah. yet, and I didn't go through the, you know, the punk rock stuff yet, so. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I just I love it all, and and it's sort of a gift and a curse, I guess. Well, so how does it affect then, like, sort of how does each project affect whatever you do after that? Like, so you, you're you're so you're working on Tuxedo now. You're also working on a Mayor Hawthorne. I record, am right? working on my next solo record right now. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. I I feel like when I'm able to sort of. Um, I don't know if I if I'm I'm just so schizophrenic I guess when it comes to making music that like if I if I'm forced to focus on one thing for too long you know I just get I get I get frustrated with it and I I need to I need the other outlets you know to get that sort of you know it helps me to go back and you know making a tuxedo record helps me tremendously to go back, to then go back and get, you know, back into the Mayor Hawthorne solo record. It's just, and, you know, we did a lot of the, the album while he was recording all right. three of his yeah, solo I mean, albums. So We've been working on the tuxedo yeah. 
thing for you know six years or something. I mean, it's so it was kind of you know he would. It's been such a long time. So how did finally come together? Well, you know, it just got to a point where, you know, he was putting out uh, where does where does the door go, right? Mm-hmm. So it's called. Um, and initially, he wanted to use some of the songs for that album. tired of sitting on them and then it just so it just became time like okay we gotta do some of these records right so that's we had, we we had came like, up we had like idea. 20 songs yeah. tuxedo yeah. songs that we had just you know recorded over a period of years mm-hmm. just getting together you know a couple weeks at a time and and so you know there's there was a couple factors there was you know the, the records were starting to get old to us <laughs> right and then um you know, Get Lucky came out, and these other ones came out, and we were kind of like, damn, we don't want to look like we were late <laughs> right, on this. Like, right. we've been doing it. We were, we were you know, so we, ahead of the game. We were game. ahead of the game. So, yeah. and even just seeing the success of those, like, okay, maybe it's time people are ready for this. Right. Um, it just felt like the right time. Yeah. So we just, you know, we put out the three songs and tested it, and, and that kind of let us know, yeah, we need to get that whole album. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, why do you think that happens? I mean, obviously... You know, so Tuxedo explores a, a kind of a specific era mm-hmm. in, in funk. It's very, yeah, it's you know, very specific. In it's, your, a really, it's a really niche. January period. of 1982. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it really is like a very short window of time that it references it. Yeah. And then, you know, Mayor Hawthorne sort of references. Yeah, it's a little broader, yeah. Absolutely. But, yeah. you know, it started kind of with Motown, right? Right. Um, and oh. then expanded beyond that yeah i mean yeah mayor hawthorne is definitely a little broader range tuxedo is more more focused sure which is which is fun i mean it makes it it makes it easier actually yeah (laughs) at this point we really know exactly what we're going we just have it down now yeah Yeah. i mean at first we really didn't it took a while to figure that out but what so what was that process like it was just a lot of you know trial and error. Yeah, I there's think. you know there's songs on the album that we cut in 2008 or nine at first that just weren't right. The beat wasn't right. He wasn't singing right. I think the the big uh, breakthrough I feel like was when I realized that I needed to just sing in my normal style because mm-hmm. initially I was approaching the vocals, you know, more like the the groups that we were referencing. He was trying to sing like he had a jury curl. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it just didn't work, you yeah. know? I'm just not that guy, you know? So, right. uh, you know, I, I was two years old in 1981. <laughs> and I think that's what really also made it our thing. Well, yeah, once, once I realized thing. that I should just sing, just be me on, you know, and that, that like, you know, not only did that make the whole project click it, it also turned it into something new that was mm-hmm. that was more interesting. Did you get feedback along the way that you needed to try it in your voice and it was hard for you to... I don't know. Everybody, you know, it's funny. Everybody loved everybody all the versions of it. Everybody just loved it, no matter what. <laughs> like, we, we'd play the songs for everybody and it was just so unanimous. Like, everybody loved the tuxedo. like last year when you know the album finally came out right? I guess it's this year right um, you know there'd be people that heard it in 2010 or 9 like Jazzy, Jazzy Jeff called and was like are these the same songs <laughs> we ended up going back and redoing a lot of them a lot, a lot of things we changed you know? yeah we just cause you know once we figured out the formula it was just like that's it you know we knew it we it was it was like yeah this this is right awesome so you guys are, um, you're both producers, mm-hmm. right? And then, and then obviously you perform, and you both DJ, and right. We were both DJs first. Yeah. yeah. 
which is like something that a lot of people don't even realize. It's a little rare now. Now yeah. you're supposed to get like on a TV show and then, <laughs> then you and start become DJing. a DJ. <laughs> yeah. Right. We, yeah, so we, I we both came from that. You know, I DJed for a decade before I even released my first album. Yeah, let's tell that story awful. because uh, Jackson's sitting over there in the corner. Right. And I know that, uh, uh, you know, you, I'm sure the story's been told before, but, but I still love it, right? That, you know, you were his DJ. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and so, I mean, we were, tell part, us about of, how we that, were part of a hip-hop group called Now On, and that's, that's how I ended up moving out to Los Angeles in the first place. I actually got outvoted. I wanted to move to the Bay. Yeah. <laughs> and Jackson and, and um, Mike Dumps, the other, the, the third member of the group, they, I, they, uh, they voted for LA and they outvoted me. Yeah, you're so, lucky. So you guys came out of Trio. Yeah. Came to LA. Um, but yeah, we were making rap music. You know, I was, I was, I was still, you know, I love rap music. You know, that's. You don't love rap music. I do. <laughs> I don't like rap life. He, he's he's what's rap life? anti rap all, life. All the stuff that I have to be involved in. Well, know, what, what's rap life? Rap life is like thirty guys. Rap life is just not having studio. your shit together. Is what it is. Everybody being late. Right. Nobody paying anybody. Exactly. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's rap life. Coach, coach uh, flights. Right. <laughs> that's funny. So, do you guys like the rap music that's being made today? Yeah, I, I like a lot of it. Yeah, there's a lot I, of like it. There is a lot of good. I, I love the Ray Remmerd record. That was like my, one of my favorite records of the year. A lot of underground stuff like Dom Kennedy. Throw some low. You know, there's a lot of different guys. Big Crit. I, I think the Kendrick album's great. Yeah, the, I mean, you know, yeah. I thought the Kendrick album was really good for music. Mm -hmm. Well, I think it's just like any other era. Like, there's bad and good, you know. Mm -hmm. You just right. have to. Yeah. Sometimes the things being put in your face aren't necessarily the good things, but, you know, shit, we were, when we were kids, MC Hammer was the hottest shit on TV, so. <laughs> right? <laughs> You know, they weren't playing NWA on regular MTV, so. No, they were not. Bust a couple bands, blow a hundred fast. I just made a hundred off a of fifty pack. Where them bad Asian bitches holding down my city. Can we go back to the different roles you guys play in music? Mm -hmm. uh, singer, producer, songwriter, audio engineer, rapper. <laughs> Are any of these more challenging um, than others? I mean, for me, the the biggest challenge in tuxedo is just going up and playing keyboards live. <laughs> By sure. far, everything yeah, else. Yeah, the live the live just, stuff. I've is been doing. That we've been kind of breaking him into. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. never played keys live, so it's like it's been a challenge. But it's it's been yeah. fun. It's actually gone a lot better than I would have thought. So yeah, I know he's starting to get the hang of it. You know, every, you look great in the video. Yeah, well, every, yeah that's, you know, that's some good. Every time we every time we go to do like some learn something new live or something that new that he has to play, he, he's always like, "Man, I'm never gonna get this. I can't. I can't oh. do it." And then, and then like, you know, two hours later, he's like, "Yeah, I'm in there." And he's like doing, <laughs> doing the dance and doing it at the same time. Are, are you hyping? Sure. Are you hyping him up? Yeah, you know, he he's it's more just playing keys. Yeah, he's he's yeah. he's got it. He, he's he's good. You know, it's like when you play with a band, you kind of have to. You're forced to get in line. Like, mm -hmm. I think if I'm just playing by myself to a track or something, it's not the same. But the energy of the band kind of forces you to figure it out, and it helps you. You know. Yeah, you just gotta. You just gotta. As long as you look like you know what you're doing up there. That's important too. Because mm -hmm. yeah. some of our better shows, I feel like I was making mistakes, but nobody even noticed. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, it's pretty rare that anybody ever notices, <laughs> really. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, but like, 
you know, 99% of the people that are that are watching the show or they're just they're more watching than they are listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like right. mostly about just your confidence up there. And yeah, I mean they're not critics, right? Feeling. They're there to no. enjoy themselves. As long as you're having fun right. on stage, then everybody that's watching you is going to have fun with you. So how does that experience for both of you go from from DJing to being to performer, right? Like how does how does your experience as a DJ inform what you do up on stage now? It definitely helps when we go to make songs, I think, because you know, as a DJ, your whole job is to make people dance. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's or to, you know, at least to keep the party going. You know, that's your mm-hmm. that's your job as a DJ is to. And I think yeah. you, even specifically for this project, uh, you know, we've done a ton of DJ gigs now, and yeah. even creating like the new music for the for the new record. I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, all right, right. how's this gonna work? And I'm testing out tracks that I make, you know, in mm. our DJ gigs. Like if they've never heard it and they're still dancing to it, then we just yeah, have yeah, a, we just have feedback. such a good feel at this point for you know. I mean, we rarely ever even prepare for a DJ set. We we <laughs> right. you know you we just show up and we right. you know we're, we're such DJ. veterans at mm-hmm. it. We we look at the crowd and we you know we like oh this feel the vibe time. out and we're like all right here this is what's gonna work right mm-hmm. now. Because you know. some nights you know you can go a little deeper than others. Right. So crowds are you know. You never know it. until you get there. Yeah. yeah. You really don't know until you get there. You ever right. wrong? You ever wrong about that? Uh, yeah. yeah, but you know, there's yeah, always certain songs that bring you back. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you got to know those. You got a couple right. get out of jail free cards. <laughs> and then, yeah. And that's a that's a really important part. That's of important. Know. That's an important part of knowing, you know, your knowing your music too. Yeah. Sure. Is knowing when to get out and how you can get out. You know? yeah. What's going to save you right now? Yeah. We've only had one experience where I felt like we really <laughs> We were in Europe we're, we're, on our first DJ DJ run, and uh, when the album came out, we tried to give them a little too much G-Funk. <laughs> it was going, well, the, the first hour was going so good. so good, yeah. And then we really as soon as them. they heard some rapping, they were just <laughs> out. Like it was immediately crazy. out. in London? This was in... No, where was that? Rotterdam. Yeah. It was the last gig of our the Netherlands, I think. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, that's not really the crowd. They were not <laughs> They're feeling They're not it. feeling it, man. <laughs> we're just, it's so hard for us, too, because we're such huge fans of the G5. I feel like right? if I like it, they need to like it, you know? Right. And sometimes we're trying, we're trying to educate it, people, too, you yeah. know, a little bit. You know, you get, we're, you know, we're trying to introduce people to things that maybe they are not yeah. used to, you know? And, and to us, like the natural progression is, our album was made with the influence of G Funk. Right. G Funk comes from the music that you're dancing to, right? Mm-hmm. So it's all kind of the same. It's all so the you same. You should be able to dance, but they start hearing some rap, <laughs> and, and they're, they're out. You know, some places it works, and you know, yeah, some places. So we kind of we kind of had to make our own version of that and, mm-hmm. and take mm-hmm. the rappers out of there. Only, <laughs> only have Nate Dogg. Right. Right. <laughs> What's the best thing about working together? Um. I think for me, it's just like, I've never been in a group, so just, yeah, so it's like our yeah. thing is just interesting to that's me. That's really like, a great thing for me, too. I've never done that before. Being a solo artist for the past, you know, five years or whatever, it's, mm-hmm. it gets lonely, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to be part of a group again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just to have, like, somebody that is on the same page as you, you know, to bounce ideas off of is just nice. Yeah. Are somebody, there any- somebody to tell you when you cross that fine line between <laughs> keeping it G and Kenny G. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Are there any artists, like, I'm sure you've said no to artists, working with artists before, but, like, what's the reason why you would say no to an artist? Um, you know, for me as a producer, there haven't been that many people I've said no to, but, you know, sometimes it might be a previous experience I have with somebody that just didn't go right or... I might if I really don't like their music, it's gonna be hard for me to want to do anything. Um, yeah. Sometimes I, it's purely like just a business transaction. You'd be like, "Well, this isn't enough to make me get in my room and work." Yeah. You know? right. So it, you know, it can go different ways. I mean, there's people I give records to for free because I just love what they're doing. Right. Because um, it all comes out in the end. Like you know, you yeah, get paid all, too much for something you probably didn't deserve. Sometimes too. You know, it's so all kind of case by case, I guess. Yeah. 
I don't know. I feel like we have, we haven't we haven't actually we there's a couple people that we're probably going to do something with that want us to jump on stuff, but it's we just don't make that much music really like as Tuxedo. So it's kind of hard to really sit down and we do, did like, do a record a with Pitbull record. though. That was like I think that was kind of a shock to everybody. That was a yeah, shock. Yeah. yeah, but that was Talk more. That you know, the Pitbull thing was more of like we put our song on SoundCloud. Somehow he discovered it, and he just know, really kinda, loved it. He just wanted to sample he, it. He so. wanted to be involved with it somehow, yeah. and they actually wanted to sign us too. Which right. Is, oh wow. That's um, crazy. So how does that change things? Then does it? I mean, you start getting Pitbull fans showing up. You know, you know what's so funny about it? I don't think any of our fans even know about that version. I don't know, right. I don't know if they we, do. We just play our version, and that's the one of them. Tuxedo. This joint has got me open. Ooh, Mr. Worldwide. I don't know how I do what I do. I just do it. You know the resume. Call it what you want, or as it may. Not from the bay, but hella pay. Every day above ground is a good day, so I celebrate. Mommy got that bubble young booty. I want to run through it like Rudy. She said, do you own Nike? I said, not yet. She said, then just do it. Fresh at the Grammys in a tuxedo. Pay about 18 holes on any given day. Tiger with Zillow. I don't know. Yeah, I think we felt like that, you know, maybe... I, we just felt like there was very little crossover yeah. in the audiences that maybe uh-huh. it'd be good for us to actually get some exposure to, because to his I mean, audience. Yeah. And you know, it's we went we didn't go into creating a track for him or whatever. We right, just, we're just doing our thing. And I think that's how it's going to be anytime. Right, yeah. that that's a big deal yeah. actually. I mean, I guess that's kind of the main thing is like as long as we're doing our we're, thing. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna. Do somebody else's thing. Yeah. Like, but if somebody comes to us and they're like, we want to get down with the tuxedo thing, then mm-hmm. that's that's always that's, cool to us. Yeah. That's cool, man. Sure. And what about as as Mayor Hawthorne, how do you how do you look at those kind of collaboration opportunities? I'm doing a bunch of them right now. Yeah. That I'm I'm super excited about. It's and a lot of them are like things that just I think people just wouldn't expect me to do, you know, like um I'm doing like a 90s house kind of track right now. With okay. I, I just did one with Detroit Swindle too that was actually like a pretty big joint on Europe. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's nice for me. It's it's cool because I, and you know, again, like I really do listen to all that kind of stuff and I love it and I, I rarely get a chance to, to venture out that far. Right. Sure. So... If somebody comes to me, you know, it's all, it's really, it's 100% about the song, you know. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily even care that much who you are. It's like, right. if, if the song is great, yeah. and I like, you know, I really like it, then I'm, I'm doing it. You've produced, you know, your own records, mm-hmm. and then you've worked with other producers mm-hmm. on stuff. Is there, is there a magic formula to that, or you know, do you have a preference? Um, yeah, I think it kind of goes in cycles. You know, I'm like my last record, I did hardly any of the production on, mm-hmm. and I, I had, you know, I worked with all these incredible guys like Greg Wells and. Pharrell Williams and and Oak and Pop and yeah and Jake One and you know it's that's it's definitely really nice to have somebody doing fifty percent of the work. <laughs> I'll say that because <laughs> when you're producing a whole record yourself and writing all the songs and playing everything and tracking it all, I mean yeah. it's just a, it's, it's a lot, lot of work, work man. Yeah, sure. It takes forever, Holmes. How yeah. do you guys? Uh, how do you guys stay motivated if you're doing all of that? I could see how that could get exhausting. I mean, you know, it's funny. Like when something feels good, you just keep going with it. It's you'll give up on something real quick if you know the idea just doesn't really click in the beginning. Um, and I know, like with a lot of our songs, like if it doesn't feel good off the first, <laughs> first yeah. ten seconds, then it's just not going to. Just like, yeah, okay, happen. let's try something else. Uh, 
but yeah. you know and it's more because of that the kind of music we're doing and what it's supposed to be is fun i so feel like that give you that feel we have yeah. the reason that we're able to do that though is because we have two of us yeah it's so true. that it's true. if we want to just like scrap something and just start <laughs> another thing we can just do it really fast i mean because you know a lot of times i'll just you know it's funny for one that on the new album we did a song where we actually did everything together in the studio for once from the beginning mm. actually i think we started it on a train or something but um that was even different you know to like do a record yeah. where we made the beat together and, and mm. we came up with the the chorus together yeah I usually mean, i'll kind of make a track and then he'll he'll be like i got some you know or he'll write it wherever he's at and then we'll get in a room and then finish the song mm -hmm. so you know it's it's it is different like you know i, I make a bunch of tracks some we're gonna hit them some we're not you know? <laughs> right <laughs> so and that's it's the same way me with my rap I mean, a lot too. of times it's like yeah we'll we'll start with like an idea that he came up with too and then by the end of it we'll end up with a totally it's, different yeah. song but like yeah. it's, it was the idea that sparked the whole thing you know mm. mm -hmm. um there's really i don't know yeah to, to quote no exact way to, to quote it. um to quote one of my favorite rappers of all time jamal bufford the formula is not having a formula radiant black man in your state again your favorite transplant moving crowds the baby before back down to a laying in in the a in a packed house like you're moving out the sweet science elite rhyming complete mind bend in deep concentration with each concept but really though you already know hard body raps with that hard-headed flow she say she want that hard work and she want it slow cut her like a barber trim on the low then i'm gone on my outer space traveling to modern day babylon's mm, right it, it sounds like that for sure so since you guys both uh kind of came started in in hip-hop and have that so do you remember your your introduction to to hip-hop absolutely i remember my introduction to rap music it's it was LL Cool J's Bigger and Deffer on cassette tape, and I still know all the words to that tape. To Where'd you get it? I got it from my home, my homie that skateboarded with me in my neighborhood, this guy Chris. He was like a little older, and his parents would let him go buy the rap tapes, because my, my parents wouldn't let me buy them. <laughs> they had, they the had like, you know, explicit lyrics and stuff, and I, um, I was too young for that. I don't even know how old I was, and I mean, I was, I was probably, 80, 85. Eight or, eight or nine years old or something. And I was like this little punk kid skateboarding around my street. And yeah, I had to get, I had to borrow the tape from my, from my homie. Boy, I need love. How'd you listen to it? On my Walkman, my yeah, Sony like Walkman. In a corner, like, outside. Or, or, uh, yeah, or I might have had, like, a little boombox or something. I don't know, yeah. That's mm -hmm. awesome. I definitely remember my Sony Walkman, though. The, it's a big deal. Yeah. And was that, like, the belt uh, clip and everything? Did you have the yellow one? Oh, yeah. I did have the yellow <laughs> one, yeah. I had the black one first, though, the, just the raw yeah. ass, like, the one that only could play you couldn't even like I'm trying to get the chrome one you know, <laughs> the old school chrome one yeah 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 sure yeah the one that like clipped over the top <laughs> yeah mm-hmm it was so was that like uh was that like a did you have a moment when you realized that that was like a different type of oh, music dude yeah it was like this is this is for me yeah. I was like this is this is music for me. I was like, this this music is gonna drive my parents nuts. This is, <laughs> this is what I want. Nice, Jake. What about you? Um, well, the first rap record I, that I actually owned that was my own was uh, the Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five album. I don't know what the album album is called. I can just picture it, but it had like the song "It's Nasty." I think it was uh -huh. like '83. Yeah, it might have been seven. Genius of Love or yeah, it was, Grandmaster it was, Flash. It was still. It was that. Uh, yeah. That era. Anyways, my, the people that babysat me when I was a kid, um, they had like an older son and he was always playing this Sugar Hill Records. I just oh, remember a label more than Baby Blue. So I talked my dad in to get me the record and he did. Um, he was, my dad was real supportive of all that kind yes, of stuff. Like, he's just a hippie on some like fuck that. the system shit. So Yeah. Right. He, I think he loved it. You know, rap was just so, um, 
you know, anti-everything mm-hmm. and just different. He didn't like rap music at all, but he liked that I was so Sure, what it stood it, for. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that it feels like you know the creative journeys can be lonely sometimes when your parents totally see another view, you know, yeah. religious or they don't like music at all. So I played Ghostface Killer for my mom. And she, <laughs> she wanted to like move me to a different state. That's amazing. So like, how do you balance that? You know, where like who who guides you through like that creative process? Because you know that to be a producer, to be yeah. a singer, that's a hard road. You know. I mean, just like my my homies in school that that all that I mostly that I played sports with, mm-hmm. those were the guys yeah, that like cares. the guys that I played basketball with and mm-hmm. stuff like you know, because they all they all loved that music too, and we just shared that that bond, you know. And all of our parents hated it, but like, I don't know that was, that was part of the reason why we loved it so much. So what about now when you make music? Is there a listener? in your mind that like are you picturing somebody that you write for <laughs> it's not the listeners usually <laughs> <laughs> no you know what i i don't know i don't i don't I just don't work like that like i i write i can only write what i know and i write music that i would want to listen to and that's that's, that's, it, that's you know? exactly it mm. i just don't you know i feel like if anytime i try to like write for somebody else it's just like it doesn't work yeah it's uh it just feels just doesn't feel natural mm-hmm. yeah. you know as a producer i'll have you know i'll get somebody's you know like my publishing and i would be like man you gotta make uh something like this for for jay or whoever and i just i'm not good at that i just kind of mm-hmm. make what i make mm-hmm. what i like to make and then you make it ends up where it ends up so right. the only thing that i even make something specific everything else is just but even that is like you know the tuxedo is is it's still what i want to hear it's just it's just we're making what we really want to ride around and listen to in the car like yeah 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 he can he can even like tell if it's something i did totally on my own or if i just keep it's like that's you i just know yeah right i mean at this point we just know (laughs) we know each other's feelings so So obviously that creative freedom i mean is really important to you guys right and and um talk a little bit about the difference it's important man so you've worked with uh with indie labels with majors how is how's that different Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely the creative control and the, the freedom is is kind of the big difference in the and then just like, you know, the amount of financial support behind you. Sure. So you gotta you have to, you know, it's a catch twenty two. Do you wanna, right. Right. Do you wanna do all this on your own and just hope it catches or do you want somebody right. behind you spending a ton of money, you know, to you want somebody giving you other people giving you a bunch on. of money but also in your ear. Lots of stipulations. Time, mm, talking right. about, you know, you, it should be more it should be like this. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, once you get to a certain point of success, they can't tell you shit. Right. right. But it's really hard to get to that point. <laughs> definitely the, I'm still trying to find Definitely it. the best yeah. feeling though is doing it on your own and having it be successful and then having people come to you. They have to come you know, to you. They that's gotta that's, come to that's you really the way on your terms. It's supposed to happen, you know. But it's not a, it's, it's a really difficult, it's a difficult path, man. Yeah. It definitely is not an easy one. Mm-hmm. So you've been on tour with some pretty cool artists, <coughs> Bruno Mars, Foster the People, who I love, um, Erica Badu. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that do for your growth as an artist? Oh, man, it's, that's definitely like how I learned almost everything that I know is just from you know, watching other people perform and, you know, Mm -hmm. just grilling other people, you know, asking, asking, you know, how do you do this? Mm. (laughs) It's like, because I didn't really have, you know, my dad was a musician and he, you know, he still plays bass and sings in a band better than me in, in Michigan to this day. Nice. And... He's amazing, but you know he didn't really. Ha- he was completely self-taught too, and he didn't have any real like music industry experience, or uh, you know, and he never like he never really toured or anything. And um, 
So I didn't really have anybody to like show me that stuff. I I, mm-hmm. I just kind of had to learn it all, but mm-hmm. through trial and error, and I you know I just did, screwed up a lot, you know, <laughs> and then learned from it. So give us a, a screw up or something where you you know let's not do that again. I mean, I feel like. Almost a hundred percent of singing is just completely counterintuitive. Like pretty much everything that you naturally want to do is wrong, mm. and that's that's tough. And then you know, then like a lot of that stuff, I had just had to learn through trial and error, and mm-hmm. you know, even just you know the the way that you're the way that you use your vocal cords and your diaphragm, and the way that you're supposed to breathe, and you know head and middle and chest voice and you know right. it's all just it's hard right. <laughs> it's not you know if you're I'm not you know I never sang in like the school choir or any of that <laughs> stuff or in my synagogue <laughs> so <Right>. like <laughs> I, I just didn't have, you know nobody ever taught me those things so right. yeah any uh, feedback you guys have ever received that you like constantly shared till today I don't know, man. No, the thing that I always just come back to every time is just have fun, man. Yeah. It's just fun is just just That's having having fun is just such. It seems so. It seems simple so obvious. But and it so really obvious, is. but like it's so easy to forget sometimes. Mm-hmm. Especially when you're like in the major label system. Well, right? and once you get to a certain point, it's when you really are. Yeah. When you're when you you know because because the music business is extremely unfortunately 99% business and 1% mm. music mm-hmm. and that is like just the sad so nice. truth of it but that's it's the truth mm-hmm. and, so, but, so and sometimes that is just like really hard to get around yeah but having fun is the key to everything yeah I totally it, agree with that it's re- it really is so when have you found you know found yourself saying you know what this is not fun and like let's let's go <laughs> let's not do this. I mean that that's gonna happen all the time because you know it's it that's, literally that's is Jake work. every time we do a show <laughs> tour somewhere. It's, it, it's, it's work to leave your house, you know. It's work to get on a plane. Um, right. But there, like, but there's yeah. work, and then there's yeah. like this is not working. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I've had such a such an easy. We've been pretty way, lucky, you know, and even with tuxedo, like. We literally made a record that we thought we were only really making for us, and somehow we've gone around the world on it. And mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It just kind of, it. honestly, the lesson I got from it was like, you really just got to do what you like. If, yeah. mm-hmm. Because, you know, I spent time doing things that I wasn't all the way in on, and I didn't amount to shit. So, I mean. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people if really you're, do yeah, I mean, if you're just like, really, if you're not having fun doing it, then nobody else is going to have right. fun listening to it or you know, or going to see you do it live, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. so you really just have, I mean, it's just so important, man. It's such a, it seems like such a, you know, stupid, simple thing, but I, it, it is really hard to keep that though. I think once you hit a certain level of success right. and you, you start comparing yourself to other people that you're around and might start be more successful to, right. and you're trying to compete with them, or you, start, you lose focus of where you were when you started. Yeah. And you're, you know, when you started, all you really want to do is make records and have people appreciate Start it. trying to please other people. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny. I heard um, an interview with this uh, big TV producer, and he was saying, basically that, he was saying, you know, you, you go, the executives are going to have notes for you. Everyone's going to tell you. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, at the end of the day, if your show doesn't work, it's going to get canceled. Mm-hmm. No matter if you followed all their instructions right. and that. So you might as well make the show that you want to make. Right. Yeah. And then if it gets canceled. If it gets canceled, at least you're like, yeah. Yeah, I made the show I wanted to make. And it didn't work, but it, but, uh, it was what I wanted. Because, you know, most of, the, most of the people that I've encountered that are even high-level executives in the music business, their whole thing is basically just hedging their bets. You know, right. they're just throwing stuff against the wall and... When something starts going, they just attach themselves to it a lot closer. <laughs> Everybody wants to claim the hit, like yeah. every time. Now, when you know something, they were behind totally flops. It's like you don't. They didn't even know. That. <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's tough. oh yeah, I wasn't involved in that. It was like yeah, oh yeah, no, that was his project. Right? <laughs> of course, they play I, hot potato real fast. Have you had mentors that have helped you? Um, yeah, you know, I've had a lot of, you know, more in producing, um, a lot of guys that have kind of shown me the way, or, you know, 
it's hard being from Seattle. There wasn't really anybody there to mm-hmm. that had done this before. So I didn't really have a person I could say, you know, what do I do when I encounter mm-hmm. this? But you know, there's you know guys like Denon Porter or you know. He's he was a big one. He really connected me with some people that he didn't have to. That really kind of launched my career. Porter from Detroit. He's coming today, <laughs> to the to the rehearsal. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I haven't I haven't talked to that dude in a minute. Nice. But yeah, and and I I take you know being a mentor pretty seriously because I'm at an age now where I have a lot of younger guys that look up to me. Mm. So I try to. I just try to be real with them, man. They don't always want to hear it, but... Yeah, that's awesome. That's <laughs> so what's, I feel like I have to be. Yeah. So what's something that, you know, what what's a young kid going to get out of being mentored by you? Um, I mean, I, number one, I just tell them, you got, if, if you make good music, everything else is going to sort itself out, so don't mm-hmm. worry about all this other shit. Um, and then, you know, once you do get some money, don't spend it. <laughs> well, pay don't, your, don't, pay your taxes. don't waste it anyway. Yeah. You don't yeah. blow it all. Hold, hold tight on that money because you never know when yeah, you get man, another check. Really <laughs> For sure. Can I get some Twitter questions in here? Oh, yeah. Twitter's blowing Dude, up. Dude, our you Twitter guys. blew up. <laughs> First of all, from Almond Joy, 1814, <laughs> do you have a famous dish you make all the time? My, my, the best thing that I make all the time is banana cream pie. I make a mean You bacon. make, I make banana, banana cream pie? I really mean banana cream that pie. That is yeah. amazing. I've been perfecting the recipe for, for years. Sir. That's awesome. I do, man, I've been like, my, my, I'm, yeah. That's awesome. Chef Hawthorne has been in the kitchen lately, though. Nice. I've been, I've been going. Hard in the paint. Uh, he's got a mean Lake Crusade set. Like he's he's hardcore. Oh right, dang, I'm, you are hardcore. I'm, hardcore. I don't even I'm, have that. I'm in there, dude. I'm, nice. I'm I'm getting my Indian butter curry, <laughs> butter butter chicken curry recipe down right now. I'm, Love it. Um, and then the other one is any favorite restaurants outside of the U.S. by Almond Joy, 1814. Outside of the U.S., yeah. man, I was just in Paris for a couple weeks, and I found one of my new favorites. It's called um, it's called Bouillon Chartier, and it's like a really, really old school <laughs> okay. Parisian. It's like, like really, really French food. It's like very, very traditional French food, mm. but it's not pretentious at all. It's like super, you it's know, pretentious. It's, it's not. It really <laughs> isn't. It's like. It's like, you know, you can go in there and it's cheap. It's not even expensive. You, yeah. you, and it, it's been, it's like kind of, you know, like a working class place that's been there for, you know, a hundred years. That's one of the things I liked about, you know, seeing you do your thing. So we went on tour, or you went on tour, uh, and, you know, we brought Mazda in as a sponsor. We yeah. The, the Mayor Hawthorne tour. That was, that was Mazda revolutionary, two. man. 2010, 11? Mm, yeah, 10 or 11, yeah, one of those, yeah. One of those, yeah. Right after How Do You Do, yeah. that because that was you know our first opportunity to work together mm-hmm. and uh but you know one of the things you did on that tour was the mayor versus food yeah <laughs> and you know i like the fact that so you know you're into food you're you're on the road you know man's got to eat when you're traveling yeah well the idea behind that really was like i was gonna do that anyway so right. you know that's what i do when i when we go on the road the the the, the open record store yeah the very first thing is where are we going to eat and then the second thing usually (laughs) is where is the record store right you know so i'm going to be going to these awesome restaurants that i love anyway and so i may as well just film it and let people know yeah i thought it was great and you know some of them weren't fancy a lot of them you know was no burger spot or the right yeah Mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite restaurant probably my favorite restaurant in the world is lafayette coney island in downtown detroit and it's chili dogs. I mean, nice. it's, that's what it is. It's, yeah. You're eating there for less than $10 every yeah. time. I mean, that's amazing. Um, one last question. It's all about the experience. And this is to the both of you from at official 
Baxter? Okay. Um, what did you think about while creating the album and what helped set the tone for it? Um, I think a lot of a lot of what we were thinking about was uh, you know, just trying to make <clears throat> trying to really combine G funk and right. in the boogie, you know, in a tasteful way. Yeah. Um, and it was just basically trying to mash up those yeah, I mean trying to trying to take the the early eighties like post disco boogie funk stuff that we really loved. That was how we initially met even was yeah. that we you know, we we, we met at a rap thing. show and we exchanged these mixtapes and neither one of the mixtapes had any rap on them. It was all like early eighties disco funk mm -hmm. stuff. What what show was it? It was in Seattle. I think it was at uh, this place called it wasn't uh San Fremont uh, Nectar. Yeah, Nectar that's Lounge. right. Nectar Lounge. Yeah. And uh yeah, that was so I don't know, yeah, we were trying to the initially we started just like trying to make music that was in that vein and then I think when we realized that we could take like, you know, the the Nate Dog G Funk era stuff that we loved and and mash it up in there that it just turned it into something new and amazing. Mm, nice. All right, that's it for Twitter, but I just want to give you guys a compliment from The Real Sham I Am. Those drums on those records, they're amazing. <laughs> I mean, um, if you. the drums aren't hidden, then, then, yeah. then it's, not, it's, not, a good it's song. not a good song. I mean, it's just, yeah, that's... We, we might That's come out with the DJ Mustard remix album and just take the drums out. <laughs> <laughs> put a clap on there. Just a snap, yeah. Nice. Every song. Yeah. So going back to those records <laughs> from the early 80s, what are, um, give us a couple favorites. I mean, Bernard, really Bernard, Bernard Wright. Bernard Wright. Right. Girl, I'm in love with you. Sure as the sky is blue. Just let me go to you. Yes, girl, my love is true. Nard is the name of the album. Mm -hmm. um, what the Richie I mean, Fam? Yeah, Richie, Richie family, family. I'll do my best. I'll do my best for you, baby. You know, Roger. Many faces of Roger. Sure, yeah. Essential. All the Zap any, stuff. All the Roger and Zap stuff. And I mean, then, Uncle Uncle Jam's Army, obviously. Yeah, Parliament is a huge one. I mean, you know, anything mm -hmm. George Clinton. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of it, it's funny. It's a lot of, a lot of times it'll be like an artist that... It was really obscure <laughs> stuff that was yeah. on our mixtapes, you know. Yes. Or it I mean, might even be a familiar artist that, you know, they right, fell off and right. they had to make a song hot like, times. Like the, like the OJ song. The OJs, yeah, put our heads together. <laughs> which is like a song that we play almost every night. Yeah. And every time we play it, somebody comes up and is like, like what is that who is this is and they're, they're, they're all like oh man they're always so expecting it's going to be some like rare right. you know 400 dollars boogie record like, oh, it's the ojs, it's the OJs. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, and I saw you guys posted the, the mixtapes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We've been putting uh, mixes up on our shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've been recording almost every time we DJ, and yeah, we put a lot of them up just for people to jam to. Nice. So let's go back to the, to the Mazda thing for a minute. I want to talk about, um, you know, how, what works for you in terms of working with brands? I know we did something, you know, for Tuxedo. We brought... Uh, New Amsterdam vodka mm -hmm. to uh, video, right. help subsidize the video, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. And so, look, I think you know we all understand that you know brands need to reach fans, right? Yeah. Uh, the music industry needs money, needs financial right. support. <laughs> I mean, we're, yeah, we, you know, yeah, really the, the business is what it is, right? So yeah. that's kind of the opportunity. What I'm interested in is is you know how does that? What, when does it work? And what are the things like? What would feel like selling out? We were just we were just talking about it. <laughs> I don't think I could do like an army commercial or okay. anything involving the army. Just feels wrong to me. Sure, you know, something like that. Cigarettes. Yeah, cigarettes not is good. a tough one to get around. I mean, I was telling him that you know when we go over to Indonesia and do shows, like I I, I first for whatever really strange reason I have a lot of fans in Indonesia. 
and wow. we go over we go over there you know multiple times a year usually and do to do shows and and the entire Indonesian economy is funded by the cigarette companies out there and it's really hard for me because I I just I won't you yeah. know I'm not a fan and I won't I won't associate myself with the cigarette brands and you know a lot of times that it makes it difficult to to do a show down mm -hmm. there period. Sure. Yeah. So, I don't know, but but in general, I think it's really just about finding something that yeah, that fits, fits and makes yeah, sense. Yeah. It has to make sense. So, like, what about the other product? If it doesn't make sense, you know, then it's just like it's not it's good a, it's for, a lose for everybody. It's a lose yeah. for everybody, right. right? So, and beyond the product, right? Is there a, you know, could be a product you like, but but the relationship has to work too, right? Like the what you're doing for each other kind of has to fit. Um, for me personally, I guess, you know, in, with, with brand partnerships and with anybody, uh, if you know, even if it's like a producer that I'm working with, I really lean toward people who just have like a positive attitude about things. Mm. Yeah. I just don't like negativity in general. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. as simple as that for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, I mean, when, you know, think about the Mazda situation so um, they loved you first of all because at the time you were driving a Mazda I was <laughs> and then, you were driving a Mazda that was a big deal to them I, right? I drove because a Mazda for long after that years, years. that's yeah. amazing yeah yeah and it, you know that was a big deal to them because it felt authentic right yeah. it felt like they were supporting somebody who's been supporting them and there was yeah. something there and then you know the, the other side we looked at it like you know, Mayor Hawthorne is a is an underground artist, right? Has a has a really serious fan base, but is not you know a mainstream act. Mm -hmm. And Mazda kind of saw itself as the same kind of thing in the car world, right? Yeah. So there was something mm -hmm. there. And then the last part though is that you know we already knew each other. We had a relationship with with Jackson and your team, and I knew that you know it was going to. Everybody, it was gonna be easy to work together, mm -hmm. right? And I think you know we've all seen probably on both sides where that's not easy. Yeah, you know. I mean, it, you can you know it's funny. I I know you know I've dealt with people that have been on top, and they were such you know assholes. Yeah, the people couldn't wait to see them fall so they could just step on them. <laughs> right. You know, and it's like that really will happen. You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know. can get away with certain behavior when when you are. Hot, but you know, in general, everybody like, cools down. And the entertainment industry <laughs> it is just so small. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. You are always going to see that person again at some point. Done. If you're, if you stick around, yeah, you are going to see those people. That's why again. you got to be nice to them. You just right. everybody be out here burning bridges, man. I'm, That's just like the number one rule. When even if you're like, you know, if you're just not feeling a situation, man, yeah. you just gotta like. Mm -hmm. You gotta be cool about it. You just can't be an asshole out here. Right. Yeah. When when somebody's gonna come back. When you, you see an artist yeah. sell out, does that change like your perception on working with them? You know the the funny thing we is in the, we had another conversation just about <laughs> the term selling out, right? But what that even means anymore. Yeah, like, you know, it changes, right? When we came up, you know, we're we, and we were young in the 90s, right? right. The high school era, so. And we came from like. Everybody, man, it was selling out. You had a singer on your song. Right. Like, yeah. that, you know, we back came in from back an era of like really hard Let alone rap have music. a sponsorship, right? Right, so, right. It's, it's such a weird time that, you know. If you use. You can't the, even criticize somebody's success if right now. If you use the impeach the president snare, you sold out. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was like pop. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean it's funny. That's a it's a moving target, right? And I think, I feel like kids nowadays just they do don't not they care. don't care. No, at they're just all like you know anymore. what? I like what you. I don't care about you. Yeah, I think the crowd is over it. Like they're they're they don't care, right? I, what what I think is what matters to you. Yeah, right. Like mm -hmm. I think if you more feel like you're yeah. selling out, yeah. whatever that mm -hmm. means. I mean, it's I definitely do. Still, I I see like. I see moves people make, but it's just because I... Well, I, I see my followers on Twitter even, like, when I dyed my hair blonde, like, it, it was like, I lost some people off of that. Like, <laughs> I, some people unfollowed me off like, of that. They were like, oh, no, I, he sold out. I'm out. That's, that was it. That was the line. That's the last. And, and you know, so it, obviously, like, there is definitely still, you know, That's and the people funny. that, like, the people that fell... There's always going to be people 
that fell in love with a, a specific thing that you did, and that's how that's how they fell in love with you. Right. Yeah. And if you deviate from that in any way, you're gonna lose them. And but you just can't worry about those yeah. people, man. Mm-hmm. You just gotta keep doing you. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the last time I thought somebody sold out. I don't even know. <laughs> it's hard now. I really yeah. No, but it was like I, you know, for us, like being in hip hop at that time, like that was a constant. Yeah. That was an everyday conversation. Yeah. We also. It was know. more. I felt like it wasn't even necessarily. It was more of a musical choice of being right. like so and so sold out. As opposed to like, oh, he did a deal with St. Ives because we didn't think right. no, we Ice didn't Cube do. sold out when he went with St. No, Ives. But when, oh, Hammer, yeah. but when Hammer did Popeye's Chicken. But Ham, that, see, now that was flagrant. <laughs> <laughs> now, I don't know if we could do a popcorn chicken ad right now and still win. Maybe because we're, we're not we're not serious I think, like that. I just think as long as People we probably did it like, oh, way, okay. it would work. Like, it's, it's yeah. when you just completely like... Switch your whole style up. Last night, Russ Beeler, owner of Lake Edna KFC, opened Hammer's eyes to new popcorn chicken. Delicious, crispy, bite-sized morsels. A whole new way to enjoy the Colonel's chicken. The problem was, no one could get him to go on. Until the last piece was gone. That's New KFC popcorn chicken. Yeah, like if, if you're like an underground person and then all of a sudden you're like doing a Mercedes Benz ad or something. Like, oh, right. Yeah, then that's, <laughs> that's not you. Sure. Right. Yeah. Mm. yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's hard. It's definitely harder to sell out now than it was. And it's also, I don't know, from like from our perspective, I just feel like we, a lot of people, you know, from like your average fan has no idea how hard it is to make money in music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And we know yeah. how, how impossible it is to make a dollar at, yes. at this so like we don't look at anybody yeah. wrong for like you know we don't look at anybody sideways for getting the yeah. check. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I might laugh. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. I mean. Like, oh yeah. He got just like that yeah. Check. You can't fault that person. You like, just get like, that. Hey, yeah. Man, get that. <laughs> you know, I'm like happy for some people. I think it's know, more you know it really is coming from an authentic able place to make money when you're making this. the record. All the rest of the stuff that happens is right. It's just business. You Hard know? out here. You know. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. Are there uh, partnerships that you've seen, like be obviously understanding that they got a check, but that that you're like, yeah, that that works. Like I can see why. You know, I thought this recent thing Nas is doing with Hennessy kind of makes sense. It's like a cool, and I, it's just cool to hear like the song on the commercial. At like least, for me, at least you know? it wasn't. And they any picked a good. Yeah, that yeah. Like, that was one that did <laughs> not make sense. Yeah. And Hennessy. Yes. Yeah. What? But I mean, you know, you're hearing and Hennessy. You're hearing like New York State of Mind on a commercial. That's cool. Right. Yeah. Nas yeah. and Hennessy makes a lot of sense. That's <laughs> your audience, man. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I feel. I don't know. Yeah. Hennessy really was fighting that for a long time. They were trying. They were so trying hard trying to, to be fight that mm-hmm. like some sort of elite status. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, embrace. you can't pick your fans. Right. You anything. can't pick your fans. You just <laughs> right. gotta. You gotta embrace that, man. You yeah. Gotta, those people be are, happy they're there for right. you. You're right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's cool. All right. Any questions for us? No. <laughs> um, thanks for doing this. Yeah. What? So give us a, a quick. Uh, what's next for yeah. Tuxedo? What's next for Jake? Yeah. For Mayor? Lots, lots of shows. Tuxedo, for tuxedo. we're heading out on tour. Yeah, we're. Yeah. T- t- we're taking the tux on tour. Okay. <laughs> Is it the same tux every ep- every show? Uh, no, no, we, no. We, we have yeah, many, yeah. many tuxedos. We have now. four or five tuxedos. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, <laughs> domestic. Both. Yeah, we're doing well. We're doing mostly the U.S. and Canada, and then we're headed to Japan for a little while, and and we're, we're doing Asia, Asia also. Yeah. And Australia. Nice. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. And right. is there gonna be another tuxedo record? There is going to yeah, be another. That's already emotions, nice. though. Yeah, that's man. We're already yeah, we're already feeling well, good, feeling well, good about well what we got underway. So nice. We're and, gonna uh, be playing some new songs. We always play our new songs on the DJ. tour, <laughs> even too. Oh, yeah, going yeah, live. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We have songs that are for the next album that we're already going to be playing in the live show nice. on this tour. And uh, what's next for Mayor Hawthorne? I am working on my next album, and it's um, it's 
It's, it's going really well, man. Fire, multiple fire emojis. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have like a, a really, I, I can't give anything away yet. I know I really want to, but I have like a, man, I, I really have like a strong, it's, it's not, it's not like a concept album, but I, I know what I'm doing on this yeah. one. Nice. <laughs> That's nice. All right, cool. You should, well. you should know by this time. Yeah. I think, I think we should be there. Well, you know, yeah, it's, you know, I, it's something new, but it's like, I definitely am, I'm no longer with, um, Republic Records, <laughs> Universal. So I'm kind of a free agent right now. So it's it's giving me more freedom to do what I want. Nice. Which is nice. Well, we can't wait to hear what's next. Yeah. Uh, where do we find everybody online? Tuxedofunk.com. At Tuxedo. Yeah. Uh, at Jake Uno and at Mayor Hawthorne. At Mayor Hawthorne. Nice. Nice. Okay. All right. Thanks for doing this. Boom. Bang. Um, Fucks with the tux. Yo, if you want to reach out to us, hit us up on Twitter at Rebel Radio Net or come to our website, rebelradio.net. And don't forget to subscribe on SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com, rebel underscore radio.